It's time for the big show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Andy Gallo. And I'm Country Jim. And our guest today is uh, Barry Pollock. You know, I was in radio for uh, a lot of years and uh, talked to a lot of promoters, and that's kind of what you used to do uh, in that and, and own some clubs and uh, yeah. did some other things. Yeah, so. and that's that's how I started out. I got out of college in 1967 the University of Houston. Didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I was going to coach and teach and, and try to survive doing that. But uh, my upbringing uh, had been so much involved in music that uh, uh, I lived in a little town called El Campo, Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, my daddy was a Brooklyn Jewish fella, and my mother was an East Texas Baptist. And so this is what you got. <laughs> well, how are you said you're involved in music? How, how well, so? how how I did it was this is a weird story. One of my best friends, dearest friends, was a fellow by the name of Sammy Alfano in Houston, and Sammy worked for Mercury Records, and uh, he went off in 1967 to be B.J. Thomas's road manager. And uh, when he did that, he was going to have to be replaced. And so there was a fellow by the name of Jack Bernstein out of Dallas that uh, was the uh, was the branch manager here in Texas for Mercury Records. And he was going to fly in and interview all those people. Well, we kind of outfoxed him. Sammy took me around. He knew I loved music, and he knew I loved the business. So he took me around and introduced me to all the radio stations. He took me and introduced me to Bill Bailey and Kick and, and uh, uh, Bill Young at Kilt and all the people at Buddy Covington and that bunch at uh, KNUZ and, and uh, introduced me. And uh, so they rather liked me. It was a shock. <laughs> and uh, so when Jack Bernstein came to town, Sammy, he said, okay, we got all these interviews lined up. And Sammy, don't have to worry about it, bud. He called everybody bud. He said, you don't have to worry about it, bud. He said, Barry's got it locked. So I went to work for Mercury Records in 1967's local promotion man, making $128 a week in an expense account. Well, they thought from my house in southwest Houston to Pasadena, Texas was three or 400 miles. They didn't know. They were in <laughs> Chicago. So I lived pretty much on my expense account. Right. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's how I got started. Right. And you lived in Houston when you started That's out. correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah, was, uh, Is that born, where you were born? Uh, no, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. But don't tell anybody. I'll have to kill you. All right. <laughs> uh, I was born in Brooklyn. And like I said, uh, my daddy and mother... They met when he was in the service. He was stationed down in uh, Port uh, Palacios mm -hmm. at the Army Air Base down there, and, and they got hooked up, and uh, I was what come out of the Union. <laughs> and and when I was young, I, uh, the only way I'd take a nap at home was Mom would put on uh, some country station out of Houston or or – pick it up from somewhere. Hell, at, the, at that time, you could pick up WLAC, and uh, the only way I'd take a nap is she'd lay a blanket on the floor and turn on country music, and off I went in the slumberland, you know. Mm -hmm. So I always loved music, but I never really got involved playing any instruments. 
I just uh, liked it behind the scenes. So, well, go ahead and tell about the journey after Mercury. Yeah, I, after Mercury, about 1970, uh, Capital approached me, and and what got me hooked up? I know you guys pretty pretty much want to talk about country music, and and that's. Uh, no, we talk about all music, yes, really. But we, I, we do that all I the time. I was going to ask that question okay. because I know you, and I know you like music other than. Oh this yeah, I love. You know, t- to me, there's only two kinds of music: good and bad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes yeah. I listen to classical music to this day, you know, and I, I'll, or I'll just do nothing but spend two days listening to Merle Haggard, mm-hmm. you know. So, but then 1970, I left Mercury and went to work for Capitol Records, and uh, I was very fortunate at that time because they were such a hot label. Capitol was so hot, and even Mercury was hot back in the day, you know, especially with country music. They were real big at one time in country yeah, music, yeah. and then Capitol was, you know, they still had Merle and Buck Owens and yep. all those people, Sonny James, mm-hmm. who was a monster back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sonny, he was a real treat. He sent me a cashmere sweater for Christmas every year. And uh, Sonny was a, quite a gentleman he was a true southern gentleman he would not play any place where they sold alcohol wow. so he wouldn't go into any big old honky tonks he played a lot of state fairs and mm-hmm. big uh, functions like that you know but he sold a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of records mm-hmm. so did they so you had a, a not not just the radio stations, but you had some relationship and connection with the artist. Yes. Uh, well, whenever you know, whenever they'd send an artist in your area, like anywhere in Texas, they'd send whoever'd come down. Merle'd be playing some Panther Hall, or you know, mm-hmm. in Fort Worth or someplace, and and uh, so I had to go uh, hook him up, take him to the radio stations, and do interviews, and mm-hmm. that's when. Uh, that's when radio was king. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, it's back when it was all and, uh, and pop. Yeah, and that's that's how you know that's how we broke records. Mm-hmm. We'd start a record off, say, in Houston, and then move it to Dallas, and then move it to Oklahoma City, and then mo- next thing, then move it to Denver, mm-hmm. each and every direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, now did they have divisions like a country music division, yes. and then a pop? Yes, so, that's right. Were you ever in like the rock and roll? Well, Capitol didn't do much yes. rock and roll. Or they well, did. oh yeah, they did back in the early seventies. Back in about uh, that's really funny. You should do it because they divided the country and they uh, they made me one of their like four regional. Uh, I was a south southwest regional major market top forty man promo yeah. man, and I I cut you know I went all over Texas. And uh, they moved me to Dallas, and I worked out of Dallas. And uh, I went all over Texas and all the way up to Kansas City. And uh, then uh, WTIX in New Orleans was a big station back then. And and, uh, and in uh, Denver, Kim, K-I-M-N-N, in uh, Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And these were major, what we call top 40 stations. And, uh, you know, Capital at that time, heck, they had Grand Funk Railroad, Steve Miller, all that stuff, boy. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, Did you get to meet any of those oh, guys? Oh, all of them. All of them. Wow. I, I met all the. It's very fortunate. I got to meet all the, all the, uh, all the Beatles. Uh, you know, and they. Capital had divided up, and they were. They had distribution for Apple. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, <clears throat> 
So all the Beatles stuff was on Apple, but Capital had distribution. So it was uh, the the record business was blowing and going back then. It was. Uh, so you did rock and roll for many many years. Yes. And did you come back to country eventually? Or yes. Then, I, come- then I, when I oh, came, were you doing both at the same time? Yeah, I was doing both. At, no, 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 no. When I went to uh, when I at Capital, I started out doing. Uh, I was the. Uh, doing local promotion in Houston for Capital when I went to work for them. Hell, they doubled my salary, and uh, I couldn't wait to go to work for them. <laughs> oh, that's a funny story. You, you guys appreciate this. I was approached and uh, to go to work for Capital, and so somebody had told me that they were getting ready to have their national convention in Honolulu. So they offered me this job, and, and they said, okay, and, and they doubled my salary, and I whoa. And, uh, uh, and I said, I'll tell you what, when do you want me to start? And they said, tomorrow. You can start whenever you want, you know, as soon as possible. And I said, okay, how about, I know y'all are going on your national convention, have it in Honolulu, Hawaii. Why don't you throw in a trip for me to go to Hawaii? And they went, you got it. <laughs> so I got to fly to Hawaii, stayed there for two weeks at wow. the Ilikai Hotel, and no one knew me. They had all these meetings all day long, and uh, uh, and I didn't have to go to none of them because no one knew who the hell I was anyway. <laughs> so I'd lay out by the pool drinking those exotic drinks. Oh, and when I got to the hotel to check in, they went, we're sorry, Mr. Pollock, but we're out of rooms. We'll have to put you in the yada yada suite. And I went, oh, the real me. So they had me a big suite in the Ilikai Hotel. And uh, no one knew who I was, so I didn't have to attend any of the meetings. And I got to tell this story. Please do. I got to tell this story. <laughs> I'm laying by the pool having those, some of those exotic drinks. And this guy comes up and he goes, I know you don't know who I am. My name is such and such, 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 and I'm the executive vice president of Capital, and I know you're coming to work for us. Matter of fact, you're on the payroll right now. And he says, I got a job for you. Well, I don't know if I've ever told Jim this story. I said, well, whatever you want me to do. So he pulls out this roll of money. I mean, he could choke a horse. Well, I ended up counting it, and there was $14,000 in it. He gives it to me, and he says, you got to go down to the Honolulu jail and bail Linda Ronstadt and her band out of jail. <laughs> wow. And I went, what? And he says, yep, she got busted this morning. They bought stolen tickets, hot tickets, to fly over there from L.A., and I can't send any of our employees down there. And that, 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 you're the only, you're the man, perfect man for the job. So I went down there and bailed <laughs> Linda Ronstead. Uh, now here's a, another part of this story. That the next Saturday night they had a big concert there at the hotel, and all these bands were playing. They had country bands. They had pop. They had everybody you could think of: the Letterman, Peggy Lee, uh, Lou Rawls. Uh, singing at this concert. And then Linda and her band was the play, and she was just getting hot then. So she got up on stage and she said, before I do my first song, I want to thank somebody, a very important man here at Capitol Records. 
and uh, she said, Mr. Barry Pollock, would you stand up and take a bow? <laughs> and That's I didn't awesome. know what to do. And the light was going around, so I stood up and waved. No one knew who the hell I was. You know? <laughs> it was like a funny story. I mean... So that's, that's awesome. That was my introduction to Capitol. Yeah. And I spent a long time there. What was the name of her band? Stone Canyon Sto Ponies? Uh, uh, Stone Ponies. Stone, Stone Ponies. Ponies, okay. Yeah. Because Ricky Nelson had yeah, right, yeah. something it, Ponies. Yeah, right. There was something. Yeah. Something. I don't know. Did you yeah. ever meet yeah. him? Ricky, yeah. He lived in the valley, not too far from where I lived. I lived in a little area called, uh, when I worked for ABC in Capricorn, I worked for Capricorn too on the West Coast. And, and, uh, I lived in a little area called Toluca Lake. It's real close to Burbank, right by the Universal, right by the studios. All the studios there, the Burbank Studios and the Universal Studios weren't too far. And I'd go down to this uh, place called Tommy's Hamburgers all the time. Had great hamburgers, and get me a big old hamburger. And Ricky would come in there from time to time, and uh, he used to bring his. He had two little twin boys mm -hmm. who later tried to sing. I right, think right. I don't know. But anyway, they both wore these big, thick glasses. They couldn't see huh. hard. And he, they wore the big, <laughs> thick glasses. And he put them in this batting cage. He had a batting cage, baseball batting cage there by this Tommy's Hamburger place. And these kids, poor kids would struggle. And I'd sit out there and drink a cold <laughs> beer and eat a hamburger and laugh at Ricky Nelson's kids. You know, I want to I wanna mention somebody that meant a lot to me. Uh, Albert E. Brumley, who wrote I'll Fly Away, mm -hmm. he had a son, Tom Brumley, who played pedal steel. Mm -hmm. And he played for Buck Owens as he was a buckaroo, but he also played for Ricky Nelson, played oh. steel with him. But oh, anyway. It was, I think it was a Stone Canyon band. Stone was, Canyon. Something like that, yeah. I think it was yeah. Rick's band. No ponies, but just the You're Stone right. yeah, Canyon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I knew it was something. I remember well, let's journey on. And in a way, <laughs> and then I, when, I'm, when I'm in L.A., you know, I got hooked up with the people at the Palomino Club. Mm. Oh, wow. And, uh, I just love that place, and the guy who owned it, him and his guy named Tommy Thomas, and real nice fella. And his wife at that time was named Sherry, and my wife at that time was named Sherry. So they became buddies, and we'd go to the horse track together all the time, and just anybody and everybody would come in there and play at the Palomino. Yeah, we just had uh, Tony Booth on. He was talking about the Palomino. Yeah, he used to play at the yeah. house band there. He was the house band, that's mm -hmm. right, yeah. for several years. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so three years with Capitol? Yes. And then? Three, then, I, uh, then I went to work for, God, <laughs> it just passed by so swiftly <laughs> when you're having so much fun. <laughs> Those were the days, that, you know, D-A-Z. Well, when did you get back into? I, I, and I came back into Texas in 1976. Okay. And, and I, and, I and worked were, for MCA Records. Okay, and that was country promotions, or was that... Uh, that was uh, all, everything. Everything, once okay. Again. okay. But once again, yeah. MCA was so big country, mm -hmm. and... Uh, mm -hmm. Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys was on MCA, yeah. I think. Yes. Yep. Oh, every, and, and Merle went to MCA eventually. And Merle had uh, Merle on MCA, had... Uh, Loretti? Uh, Loretta, Loretta Lynn. Loretta Lynn, Conway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had a, in, in 1976, I remember at the rodeo here in town, mm -hmm. we had, a, let's see, there was, a, a Merle came and played, Loretta and Conway played, mm -hmm. uh, who else did we have, uh, oh, Mel, Mel Tillis mm -hmm. played, yeah. and they had every, all these acts came in, so they told me to go to the Marriott Hotel there at the, uh, at the Astrodome, 
and I got, got a suite, and I had an ongoing cocktail party for like two weeks. Wow. <laughs> and uh, and well, you're still alive today. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a whole half. Believe me, me and me and Merle and Bill Bailey sat out in a, my old car and drank a bottle of Jack Daniels one time before we had, before <laughs> he went on stage. It was quite a treat. <laughs> what what we like to do, and and I'm telling you, I'm already excited about doing it with you, is we bring we bring people back a second time mm -hmm. to talk about stories. Oh man, I got, and, yeah. And uh, I used to stand at the end of the bar there with <laughs> you at Borskis, yeah. And uh, story after story of story. Yeah. But tell me about. Uh, Willie trying to Willie starting a record company yes. and trying to get you to yes go to work, work for, for him that. yeah well at that time that was about 1978 79 I had left Houston and MCA and went to work for Capricorn uh, in San Francisco and uh, I was in my office there and uh, my secretary said Barry somebody's on the phone and he says his name's Willie Nelson. And I went, oh, Willie. <laughs> Hell, I'd never met Willie. And I had, uh, I had a long uh, table that I used for a desk, and I, I would just walk around the table all day on the telephone talking to music directors and program directors. Smiling and dialing. Yeah, smiling and dialing. And uh, uh, so I put him on the speakerphone, and his voice goes, Barry, Willie Nelson. And more, you, you know, you can't. Miss that, you that, miss that voice. Yeah. And I said, how you doing, Willie? <laughs> and he goes, let me tell you, he says, now, I'm cranking up a record label here in Austin. It's going to be called Lone Star Records. And I want you to come to work for me. And he says, I've talked to all the music directors and program directors all over Texas, and you're the man for the job. He said, uh, I want you. And I went, well, I don't know. And he goes, and you need to be back in Texas anyway. And boy, I miss Texas. Something fierce. Once you're from Texas, it's, oh yeah, it's hard to get away. No you matter mean where. San Francisco is different from Texas? <laughs> oh, God. Although I will tell you this: back then, when I was there, San Francisco was a wonderful city. Yeah, it was wonderful, and there was so many people there in radio, and um, Capricorn was doing kind of funky stuff, right? Yeah, well, we did. We, the, of course, the Almond Brothers, Marshall Tucker. Mm -hmm. Wet Willie, all that Southern oh, yeah. rock. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. it's. Uh, but anyway, but then Willie, let me get back to Willie because this is a good story. And he says, is. he said, uh, I want you to come talk to me. I said, what's well, the funny thing? He says, I said they're sending me to uh, actually Capricorn had a country record, and I can't remember what the guy's name was. Kenny Dell or Dale? I can't remember what his Should name was. There was a Kenny O'Dell and there was a Kenny Dale. Yeah, I Kenny think it was. So, it, was yeah. it was on Capricorn, and, okay. and, and they wanted me to come down and get it played in Texas. So I said they're flying me to Texas, and I said I'll holler at you, Willie. And he goes, Great. So I got to Texas and made my rounds in Houston and and San Antonio and and Austin. And then I called Willie and I said, Well, here I'm here in town. And he goes, Well, I got your room over at the. Uh, I don't know, some big Austin hotel that was a really big to go-to place and still is, I think. I can't remember the name of it. And uh, he says, uh, 
He said, go there. And he goes, we're having a cocktail party tomorrow night. And I'm introducing, bringing in people from the radio. And they had it at that theater that he owned for a while there where they filmed Austin City Limits and all that there. Okay. And uh, so uh, I went and Whitley came up to my room and uh, we had a big time. <laughs> and as only Willie, as only Willie does. There's a song about yeah. that now, you know. I'll uh, never smoke with Willie again. No, or something. No. Yeah. Something, yeah, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Toby yeah. Keith and uh, Yeah. And uh <laughs> whoa. But anyway, the cock but the bad part about that, he goes, Barry, if you come to Texas, come back to work and come to work for me. He goes, he said, you'll never believe all the good-looking women here in Austin that go to this college, and you'll be right in the middle of them. And I went, oh, gee. that was like putting a kid in a candy store, you know. And But the thing is, he had all the acts already signed. He had these people sign all the local yokels. He had uh, mm-hmm. Steve Fromholtz. Oh, yeah. He had uh, yeah. signed. He had the Giesenslaw brothers. <laughs> I remember this day. And I'm thinking about, my God almighty. I mean, I love yeah. the. Uh, what's his name? The Ginsburg. He was a great DJ. Sam, Sam, he was yeah. a great DJ, but yeah. I, he wasn't much of a singer. But right. I was thinking it was going to be my job to get that played all over the United States. <laughs> and I don't think they were going to give me the same welcome as they did in, right. in, in Texas. In Texas, no. Yeah. no. So uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I called him about a week later and said, I don't think I'm going to do it. And I, I'm fortunate I didn't because the label didn't last but eight or nine months yeah. and went under anyway. So. Yeah. I vaguely remember that that Lone Star label. It, yeah, it, it didn't last long. long. Yeah, yeah, it didn't last long. Yeah. Well, he had a deal. I think it was with, had a distribution deal with Columbia. I think mm-hmm. at the time, and he had a deal where they're going to let him cut one album a year mm-hmm. on his la- on his label, mm-hmm. Lone Star. So that's what they were. Right. It was going to be like one of those sub labels yes, of, of right. Columbia, basically. Well, kinda, or that's sort what of. happened with all the major labels. Yeah. You know, all the major labels. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. The record business. Yep. Uh, Yep. All these labels got bought up, mm-hmm. and one label bought up all these other labels. So yep. they only had so many, so much room for vice presidents and mm-hmm. national promotion True. men and all True. that stuff. So. You know, I think my buddy Jack Green and some other guys in Nashville. There mm-hmm. was a label, Hickory. Hickory, yes. Uh, they were. It was a. It was a small independent label that uh, did quite well. A lot yeah. of people started out on Hickory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think Earl Thomas Connolly, Connolly was on Hickory to mm-hmm. start with, and mm-hmm. a lot of people were. Yep. Well, so you did that and did that and did that. Oh, man. I, yeah. And so kind of how'd that wind up? And you came back to Houston. Uh, right? Yeah, in 1981, uh, Capricorn had gone out of business. And once again, I found myself out of a job. So uh, it was time for me to come back to Texas. And I came back to Texas. And, and um, I didn't know what the heck I was going to do with myself. And... Uh, so uh, I, I I did some independent promotion. That's <laughs> what everybody does in the record mm-hmm. when you're promote promo man work for major labels. You end up mm-hmm. doing independent promotion for a while, mm-hmm. uh, like Roger Ramsey and all those boys. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, I came home and uh, started that. We started that record label in Nashville, Union Station. Like I said, with a fellow by the name of. That I'd work with at ABC, uh, Tom McEntee, who's and B.J. McElwee, and a fellow by the name of Scott Tut, who was uh, I can't remember their name, uh, was the uh, founder of Alabama, 
and uh, before they even before they were at Alabama, and he was their producer and manager, and uh, he so he was part of our label, and uh, didn't work out. Yeah. How long? How long did that last? Oh, about a year. Yeah. And we had about three or four singles charted, uh, maybe more than that, probably eight or ten that uh, made, uh, you know, the top 40 and the billboard charts and cash box and mm -hmm. all that. But uh, then did you uh, do something else around? Yeah, then I went to, yeah, then I, I went to work for Aggie 96. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, and matter of fact, I. You were there at the time, I, I believe, was working I nights. Was yeah, I was. And there. my good friend uh, Josh mm -hmm. was doing Yates. mornings. Was doing mornings. <laughs> yeah, there and yeah. Uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. Met a lot of interesting people. And now, how uh, long did you do radio sales? Not I'm, very long. Okay. About yeah. uh, about eight or nine months, I think it was. Oh, okay. about it. So it was. I was. I was a flash in okay. the pan. Right. And when anybody would come to town once again, they'd send me out. Like I remember, forget. First time, uh, Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Oh, Garth Brooks. Yeah, he came in and played the big country thing yeah. there. Mr. Springer sent me down to uh, pick him up, and he and his wife, and take them all over to Walmart for a record, yada yada. Yeah. And and uh, yeah. he was an interesting cat. Yeah, 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 to say the least. <laughs> but anyway, that's uh, that didn't last well, long. Was it long then before you decided to to run a club? Well, no, that was in the, yeah, that was a pretty long time. I got involved in the ad specialty business in Houston. And with the connections I had, I was very fortunate. Uh, uh, you know, I knew the people that had uh, kilts, and so I sold them a lot of T-shirts and cups and mugs and mm -hmm. keychains. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I had several big major accounts and did very well. Actually, I made a lot more money in the... Uh, Ed, especially business, than I really? did in the uh, wow. record business. Wow, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, that is that is good. But uh, I so, was, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that now the club, the club thing came yes. along. When did that? Uh, that was about uh, two thousand, about the year two thousand. Uh, I inherited some property in Huntsville, Texas, from my grandparents, and I was going to. Uh, my mother's she lived there and and her home burned to the ground and when it did the woman i was married to at the time and i decided to build a house there to give her a place to live and and uh, we were thinking about living there ourselves so we built a house from the ground up and we'd always stop on the, while the house was being built we stop at borsky's tavern in between new waverly and willis texas right yeah. down the road from here where we are and uh the the owners was a couple, and uh, they had asked my wife. My wife was involved in commercial real estate in Houston, and they asked her if she'd be interested in in uh, trying to sell the place. So we got home, and I said, "You know, why don't we just buy it?" <laughs> so I'll be damned. That's what we did. Mm -hmm. We bought it, and I had it for seven years. And it got me back. It, it really it, it gave me a chance to get back involved in the music business mm. because I had live music there six days a week, yeah. and uh, and got to meet a lot of people there, including this man sitting right next to me here, mm -hmm. 
country Jim Sloan. Mm -hmm. and, uh, My daughter and, played uh, one of her first, first gigs, gigs there. We had her on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, of course, Don Martinez oh, and yeah, Rick Sousley. Rick Sousley, yeah. all those people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But now you had some... Uh, you had some pretty good out of yeah. Out of I, town. I, I still Dale had Watson. I still had and I was very fortunate. I had uh, a young lady helping me book acts there uh, by the name of Leslie T. Travis. Yep, I'm sure you remember Leslie. Yep. And, and, uh, and she uh, she uh, she and I did the booking, and I brought in uh, Dale Watson, uh, Gary P. Nunn, uh, just a lot of people. Uh, and my good friend now, Jamie Richards, uh, had left Nashville. Came, he originally from Oklahoma, and he's done quite well for himself. He's hot as a firecracker now. Yeah. And uh, and different people, band of heathens. Uh, I brought in a lot of people that introduced a lot of local people to these acts that they normally wouldn't have got to see. Mm -hmm. There was only two places around town. <clears throat> that had this kind of music and that was us and the Blancos Blancos in Houston. Yeah. And they'd come in and play Blancos one night and play Borskis the next night or, or vice versa, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, uh, had some great times with Borskis, met a lot of wonderful people. Yeah. Been there a long time. Since 1945, the year I was born. I grew up in this area. Uh -huh. So when I was 16, 17, we used to go to Borskis and play pool. Oh yeah. That's and a, eat barbecue sandwiches. Yeah, and you ask about uh, <clears throat> Hank Thompson. Ruth. Yeah, well, I think Hank Thompson. Hank Thompson played there before. That was in yes. the 90s, in, I believe. Uh, in uh, Johnny Bush. The fellow that I bought it from, his, uh, he, uh, Sam Page, he, uh, he thought he was a singer. And uh, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just passed away recently. Yes, yeah. wasn't long ago. And the the place is sold. I don't know if there's anything. Yes, it's, it's still open. It is. It's Matter of fact, I stopped there. Uh, I, we were on our way from uh, Houston, and uh, I said, "Hell, I stop in the Borskis. I haven't been there since I sold the place." And we went in there, and that's a whole other story too. But I, uh, it, it, a gal's running it named Carrie Possell, and. Uh, She's the owner of it, uh, he's he owns a bar in Houston, mm. and he bought it. And uh, but it's it's and they've got it fixed up real nice. They get it cleaned up. It's pretty sharp, but it's they don't do music like I, you know, right? Like I did. That is something else. Well, Barry, we sure do appreciate you being with us, yeah. man. I tell you, we well, just had. We're we, gonna beg we're you gonna to do, come back. We're friend. gonna do a part two. We have, we <laughs> have, we're gonna have to do a part. I know there's some more stories there oh, somewhere, man. man. I tell you, I've got I've got loaded stories. It's uh, I'm, uh, right now top of my head. I just did one of these not too long ago with a friend of mine, uh, a DJ in New Orleans, and he was at WTIX for many many years. Uh, his name is Bob Walker. And uh, he he's he was like the oldies king mm. of uh, New Orleans, and uh, he had me. He called me from Metairie, and we did one of these things and telling stories and right, great and uh, a lot of fun. Lot yeah, of fun. it's just unfortunately there's those days are over and done with. Sure, well, sure. Memories are uh, memories are a nice thing. I enjoy them. You can't get rid of the memories. No, you know. So, but anyway, but Barry, once again, we appreciate you being with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to The Big Show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim.
This has been a Unicab Media presentation.